When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It is finally officially official. Edmonton, Hub City. Toronto, the other Hub City. Qualifying round starts August 1st. The conference finals and the Stanley Cup final will be played in Edmonton. And we are getting ready to go. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630. Chad, so the vote going through, reportedly unanimous by the Board of Governors. As for the Players Association, 78.8% in favor of the return to play plan and of the NHL collective bargaining agreement being extended to the summer of 2026. So that is significant. Players going back to the Olympics in 2022 and in 2026. They still got to confirm that with the International Ice Hockey Federation, but I don't think that will be a problem. And we have actual dates for Oilers games, which is pretty exciting. Now, we don't have times. We don't have times, but we do have the dates. The Oilers in Chicago will play on August 1st, 3rd, and 5th. Those three games will be played for sure. It is a best of five If a game four is needed, it is on August 7th. And if a game five is needed, it will be on August 8th. It's going to be a very busy qualifying round as uh, teams will get in their five-game series between August 1st and 9th. It'll be a little more spaced out for the teams in the round robin to determine the top four seeds in each conference. They're going to have three games in nine days. The start times for the games will be staggered almost like we were speculating. So 10 a.m. Edmonton time, the game in Toronto, then a game at noon at Rogers Place. These are the games when there's six games in a day. There will be some days where there are five games in a day. And and obviously, as the qualifying round goes on, you know, some some series could be over in in game three. So I think there will be some flexibility here with when games start. But on the the days when for sure there are going to be six games, Edmonton time, 10 from Toronto, noon from here, 2 from Toronto, 4.30 from here, 6 from Toronto, and then 8.30 at Rogers Place. Could fluctuate by about half an hour, so it could be the, the 4 and 8 that we've been speculating, but that that is uh, kind of what we expect. So that, that first day at Rogers Place, August 1st, that's a Saturday. It'll be the Oilers up against the Blackhawks and then the Flames taking on the Jets. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe the Oilers are the uh, are the earlier game there against Chicago, maybe a 4 or 4.30 start, and then the Jets and the Flames would be the nightcap. Pretty exciting to finally uh, have all these uh, dates for sure. Training camp indeed on uh, Monday. Team's going to report to their hub cities on July 26th. Exhibition games expected between July 28th and 30th. Uh, again, we don't have a schedule for that, so I would assume each team will play one exhibition game and uh, and then we'll roll from there. All right, so 
780-496-0063 for your feedback to call or text. We have been talking about this for a while and uh, pretty big for Edmonton to be a, a hub city. Uh, certainly congratulations to everybody with Oilers Entertainment Group who worked tireless, uh, tirelessly on this. Bob Nicholson, Tim Shipton, Stu Ballantyne leading the way. You know, they stuck with it. They, they, Edmonton was on that initial list. I think Edmonton was always pretty high in the top four or five as a candidate city. And, you know, it was it was going to go to Vancouver and Vegas a couple of weeks ago. It was right there. The NHL was ready to announce it. Things fell apart in Vancouver. COVID numbers kept going up in Vegas, and ultimately Edmonton and Toronto emerged. So, uh, you know, good job by the province and the city as well. Dr. Hinshaw was, uh, uh, you know, careful but honest when asked questions about the National Hockey League. So they'll have that bubble set up downtown uh, with Sutton Place and the JW Marriott as the hotels and uh, away we're going to go. We're going to actually have NHL hockey. Again, 78.8% of the Players Association voting in favor of it, 502 out of 637. Now, the, the thing is for the players, they were voting on both their return to play and on the extension to the collective bargaining. So it could have been a player might have liked one but not like the other, and as a result had to vote against the whole thing. Uh, I mean, a pretty healthy percentage. I'm sure they would have loved if if it was higher, but better than having something in in the low 50s where you basically have a split union. Players have until 3 o'clock Mountain Time on Monday, 3 o'clock Mountain Time on Monday to opt out. Remember, that that is part of it, that an NHL player can say, I'm not comfortable playing in this tournament, and they simply don't have to. No questions asked, no punishment, or or anything like that. So that is the date for the opt-out Monday, 5 Eastern, 3 o'clock Mountain Time for players to uh, to notify the league that they are, are not ready to go. Uh, what else can I tell you here? The August 10th will be the draft lottery. I think I mentioned that. The draft will be over two days, October 9th. And 10th will be the draft. We're look, looking farther ahead, but I'm giving you a, as many dates here that might be of significance. Um, and there we go. I'll get to some more details about this, uh, about the, the CBA here as we move along. John Shannon's going to check in after the 630 News. We have Robert on hold, 780-496-0063. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Reed. Hey. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. Thanks. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, I guess the biggest thing is, I mean, it's, it's nice to it's uh, nice to finally see it be, like you said, officially official and have uh, have uh, some official dates for Oilers games. Now, uh, I mean, uh, uh, that being said, I think uh, I think the the Oilers in Chicago it should be should be a good series. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, I think Chicago is not a team. Uh, 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 not a team the Oilers can take lightly. I mean, Chicago did beat Edmonton twice, but I mean, now uh, th- that being said, I think this. I think this. Uh, I don't know when I want to touch on the the CBA extension too. I think. I think. I think it'd be nice to have the uh, that uh, uh, a labor piece through the summer of 2026, and you know, I'll know in the uh, the uh, potential flat cap of 81.5. That's. I mean, that's good, but I mean, but I mean, I think there's that. You know, I mean, I kind of sort of ask myself: Is that is that maybe will that maybe impact the Oilers in the future to maybe sign potential free agents when you're when you're paying guys like McDavid and Drysaitel, you know, with the, their their huge contracts? But I mean, short of that, it's nice. 
nice to see it be officially official. I'm uh, uh, looking forward to hockey uh, coming back. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, Robert. And yeah, the cap will remain at 81.5 for next season. And if it does go up, it probably won't be by a lot in the subsequent years. Uh, we'll talk to John Shannon about that. Elliot Friedman speculated on Bob's show today from noon to two that this could be the cap for the duration of the CBA or close to it. So you're right, G- GMs who were budgeting to be able to pay players a little more as it goes along might not uh, have that wiggle room. Uh, you know, and I think Nugent, I don't know if you're still on hold there, Robert, but this could affect Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I'm not saying he's going to leave or anything like that, but he might not be able to get uh, a raise or perhaps as much as a raise as, as some fans would like to see him get. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, because, you know, guys know, I mean, guys like Nuge, I mean, you know, I mean, we all know him, you know, he's a, you know, he's loved here as an oiler, you know, been here since day one when dropped it first overall in 2011. And, you know, and, you know, and personally, you know, I, you know, I really like him, but I mean, you know, but, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I don't see him, I don't see him leaving, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, I don't think, I think he's think with the flat cap. I mean, I think he's, I think he's. I think maybe the. I think maybe the best you can sign him for is maybe you know maybe like a like a four 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 or five year deal. It's maybe you know four and a half five million per. But that's just a, uh, that's just my thoughts on that. But you know, and as far as the you know, I've been reading a lot about who 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 uh, tip that potentially starts in the first game. Personally, in my opinion, I go with I go with Koskinen just simply because I mean his numbers. His numbers were slightly better than Smith this year, so mm-hmm. I mean that's what uh, that's what I would go with. But I mean at the same time, I I would be uh, uh, you know I would be more than that. Uh, I would be more than comfortable if uh, if Smith is the starter for Game One as well. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. It's nice to hear from you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We we've seen Dave Tippett lean a little bit towards Mike Smith when there's uh, appeared to be a goaltending question throughout the season. Um, there's another thing to remember here. You know, Rob and I were talking about it on the afternoon news and it is nice that right now NHL players are, are healthy, except for the guys who were out long, long term. You know, players are healthy. They're rested. They've been training. But we got to remember, things are going to happen in training camp. I mean, a goaltender or a player could look off his game, look shaky, look shaky, get a groin injury or or something like that during training camp. So as much as we say everybody's going to be healthy by that first exhibition game and then by the start of the competitive games, probably not. Right? Things happen in practice. Things could happen in an exhibition game. And with the Oilers goaltending, yeah, we can sit here right now on July 10th, and I've said it before, I think Tippett leans towards Smith, but I also think it's a competition uh, to how they play in training camp and who looks sharper coming back. Seven eight zero. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 496-0063. We'll go over some other details of the agreement. John Shannon will join us after the 630 News. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
minutes after six on a beautiful Friday evening, made even more beautiful by the pending return of the National Hockey League. Everything has been ratified, return to play protocol, the CBA extension, and I can tell you the Oilers have a game scheduled for August 1st. I actually know that exact date. I don't know the exact time, and I can tell you they're going to have an exhibition game before that, but I can tell you on August 1st, you're going to listen to Oilers Hockey on 6.30, Chad. Best of five against Chicago. Game two on August 3rd. Game three on the 5th. Games four and five, if necessary, back-to-back days, the 7th and the 8th. So the existing CBA was scheduled to expire September 15th, 2022. Now it's extended. It'll expire September 15th, 2026. The salary cap remains at $81.5 million for next season. There are provisions for it to go up incrementally in following seasons if hockey-related revenue reaches certain certain thresholds. If it does go up, it doesn't sound like it would go up by a lot over the course of this deal. Escrow, so that's the percentage that's withheld from players' salaries and then used to help calculate the 50-50 split of hockey-related revenue, is capped at 20% for next year then 14 to 18%, then 10%, and then 6% for the final three years of the deal. Uh, There is a a provision as well to automatically add a year to the CBA, so that would be until September of 2027, if uh, the player's escrow debt is between $125 and $250 million after the 24-25 season. I know a lot of numbers here, but but these these are all important things. NHL players go back to the Olympics in 2022 in Beijing and 2026 in Italy. That's pending an agreement with the IOC and the International Ice Hockey Federation. I can't see why that wouldn't happen. Players will defer 10% of their salaries for next season. And those will be paid out in equal installments over three seasons beginning in 22-23. Uh, The playoff bonus pool will double this year from 16 million to 32 million. NHL minimum salary will go up from 700,000 to 750. And then after a couple more years, go up to 775. Entry level salary will go up from 925 to 950 and then up to 975 and then up to a million dollars for the final year of the CBA. Okay. I, threw, I know I threw a lot of numbers there at you, but those are some of the other keys from the deal, well, from the uh, CBA part of the deal. Anyway, and again, the Stanley Cup final and the conference finals, both conference finals will be played in Edmonton. So the qualifying round and the first two rounds of the West are in Edmonton. The qualifying round and the first two rounds of the East are in Toronto, and then everybody comes to Edmonton, the final four to uh to finish this off now one question i've I've heard from a lot of you what if somebody gets sick what if somebody gets sick you know what happens over the next two weeks if players get sick well here's elliot friedman from sportsnet speaking to Stoffer earlier today about the next couple of weeks there is no question that the biggest worry is the next two weeks yep like there's like the amount of people who tell you if we can get to the bubble we'll be okay is that, I mean, that's what everybody says. If we can get to the bubble, we'll be okay. But where are we going? We're, we've got two teams in Florida. 
We've got yeah. a team in Texas. We've got a team in Arizona. You know, two of those teams are coming to Toronto. Two of those teams are going to Edmonton. Um, you know, like, that's the worry. Um, you know, part of me wishes that they could have just said, you know what, uh, a bunch of you guys are going to Edmonton now. Like, if, if, like it, it probably would be better if you could say to teams like the Stars and the Coyotes, you know what, you guys are going to Edmonton. But it isn't the way it's worked out. And that's the fear, because if you mentioned those two soccer teams, they, they were bringing it with them to the bubble and they got blocked. And, you know, that's why you have to be very careful over the next couple of weeks. All right. So that is from Elliot Friedman. Brian Burke mentioned that yesterday as well. I'll discuss it with John Shannon. I think the NHL is pretty confident with the bubbles that are going to be set up in Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, but they, they want players to be healthy over the next couple of weeks so they can come here, be healthy, play the exhibition games, and, and get on the ice, and away you go. The Oilers putting out a statement. Bob Nicholson, chairman of the hockey club, Tom Anselmi, president of business operations and CEO. We commend the NHL and NHLPA for the effort put into reaching a new collective bargaining agreement. The Edmonton Oilers and Oilers Entertainment Group are thrilled that Edmonton and specifically Ice District has been selected as a hub for the qualifying round and Stanley Cup playoffs. We are extremely proud of the bid presented on behalf of our city and our province. We cannot say enough about the support we received from all of our partners in this process, starting with the government of Alberta, Alberta Health, and the city of Edmonton. Part of the statement put out by uh, OEG and the Oilers tonight, Mayor Don Iveson putting out a statement uh, as well. Thanks to Scott Johnson for uh, flipping me this. He says, a score for Edmonton. I'm very happy to hear that our city will be one of the NHL hub cities. Bringing hockey here will generate a real boost to Edmonton's economy. We can't wait to delight hockey fans and show off everything our beautiful city has to offer. I truly believe Edmontonians helped earn this win. We know that Edmonton's low COVID-19 cases was one of the reasons our city was a top contender and our low cases can be directly attributed to Edmontonians who've been working hard to prevent the spread. Part of the statement tonight put out by Mayor Don Iveson. Okay, so 780-496-0063. That's how you can get a hold of me. Murr the Flames guy says, let's be honest, the best news out of all this is them going back to the Olympics. Totally stoked for that. Vic says, what happens if a team has to drop out? Uh, Vic, I don't know. I'll, I'll run that by uh, John Shannon. I'm sure the NHL has thought about that possibility, though it would be uh, last on the list of things that they want to happen. But I, I suppose we have to recognize that it, it could be a possibility as we go through the tournament. Okay, again, the Oilers play August 1st. We'll have it for you on 630 Ched. Chatting with John Shannon in a couple of minutes. is a hub Edmonton hosting all the way through the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final so the cup will be presented at Rogers Place Toronto gets the qualifying round and the first two rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs 
Uh, Jeff says, Reed, you've called the NHL's playoff return a tournament several times now. Is this a new emerging hockey term replacing what we used to know as the Stanley Cup playoffs or the NHL playoffs? Now it's a tournament instead of playoffs. No, Jeff, don't worry. I'm not trying to change terminology. I just think with that qualifying round, uh, I mean, they're calling it that it's going to be the postseason, but then you go from the qualifying round into the first round. So I'm sort of lumping that all into uh, the tournament terminology. Craig says, wow, what a shock to the system going from no sports at all. Just classic games, which is were fun to watch, but now we'll have five or six games a day. Yahoo, I'm, I'm a big fan, but that's a lot for sure. I've got to commit to watching all six games at least once. I hope nothing happens to derail the playoffs. And I uh, also had a question uh, how it's going to work for players in hotel rooms. Well, everybody gets their own room. So uh, increasing the the safety and limiting the uh, the chance for COVID-19 to spread if a player were happen to get it while they're uh, inside the bubble. Okay, so August 1st, the Oilers are back. There will be an exhibi- there will be exhibition games, one for each team between the 28th and 30th of July. We have all the Oilers games for you here on 630 Chad, which means plenty more of this man on our airwaves. It's NHL insider John Shannon checking in tonight. John, thanks for hopping on again this week, buddy. Well, it happened. It's officially official at last. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. We've been talking about it all week. We knew it was going to happen. And today with the unanimous vote of the Board of Governors and almost 80% of the players, I think that they're kind of feeling the same way we are. We wanted to get back to hockey. Yeah, time to get back to hockey. What do you think of that number, 78.8%? Do you think that's a comfortable number for everybody in the PA? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's uh, a, a very fair number. I mean, there's uh, there was a certain point, I do believe, uh, early in the discussions where uh, I was told that it would there might be 40% of people against you, uh, against the deal, but that uh, in the end wasn't the case. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a good number. I think it, you know when you think that's four of every five players wants to come back, and and here's the other thing, uh, Reed, uh, you know there are 20% of players not in the tournament, <laughs> so maybe maybe they. Uh, Maybe they maybe they didn't like a few of the issues that uh, were brought up, and obviously escrow is a major issue for everybody too. Still, but harmony for six years for the National Hockey League and its players is a a really good thing. Yeah, and and there I was reading off some of the conditions, and uh, I may have caused people's uh, eyes to glaze over because as I was reading through it, I was like, man, there's a lot of numbers in there for radio, but there's even numbers. a provision. Yeah, but there is even a provision there that it could be extended to 2027, which is uh, which is pretty good news. Um, when you when you talk about the cap, is, do you think we're going to be talking 81 and a half? and not much more for the life of this CBA? What are you projecting there, John? No, I, I, I think what, I think what the, the negotiation proved is there's a real belief that uh, it's going to take two years, at least two years, to get the business back on track. Uh, and that's when I say the business. I'm, I'm not just talking about ticket sales. I'm talking about uh, corporate sponsorships and all the other revenues that... The, the NHL and the teams rely on to to grow the game uh, and and use in their business and and it's good it, it, just like other parts of the economy it's going to take time for us to get back to the same place we were before March the first March the 11th um, so I think they bought themselves that two to three year window of 81 and a half 82 
uh, and then we'll see. The, the one thing I would say, Reed, is if you read through all of those numbers, uh, the one that jumps out for me is the fact that there's an, uh, there's, uh, an agreement that the escrow numbers in the last four years of the deal are well below 10%, which means the, the league itself is bullish on, the, on its future and, and bullish on where revenues are going to come from, uh, particularly with network television in the United States. Uh, when in, in that four-year window, uh, the NBC deal that's in place now will get renewed and probably get uh, expanded to, uh, to other networks and possibly other platforms. Okay, so do you think, I mean, do you think there'd be a, a huge increase in the American TV money, a modest increase? I mean, maybe it's not fair to ask you to project I, I think, a little bit. I but think they're expecting a huge increase. Really? Uh, they, pay, they pay $200 million a year right now. Uh, which is less than half of what we pay in Canada, by the way. So they pay $200 million a year right now in the United States. Um, and I think that they're hoping with NBC coming back, uh, the potential of going back on ESPN, which uh, I know has been discussed, uh, and perhaps a third platform, say a, an Amazon or a DAZN or a Google or a Netflix, uh, I suspect that they're probably hoping that they can uh, quadruple that number and get close to $800 million. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that'd be something. Yeah, I, well, I, had I mean, a... again, I think, that, I think that's reflective in, in, in their business plan and, and where they think that uh, revenues will be so that they don't have to do as much holdback on the players. Vic texted me in, uh, texted in before the news break. And, and, you know, a few people ask this, John, and, and, you know, it is kind of a worst case scenario question, but I think it's worth you and I speculating a little bit. He says, what happens if a team has to drop out? We've seen the MLS and back is back tournament lose a couple of teams. I mean, you think the NHL, if it got that bad within a team, they would just have to say, you know, sorry, your opponent moves on. Well, I don't, in reading the rules of engagement in, in phase four, uh, what happens when a team drops out has not been completely finalized yet. But I think, there's, I think you have to use some common sense and logic. Uh, and if a, team is for, if a team is forced to drop out, don't you think there'll be concerns more about the whole tournament, let alone one team? Well, sure, uh, yes. And I, I, I think there's a greater story in that, well, if, there, if a team is out, what, what does that do to the whole credibility of the tournament? And you know what? The Stanley Cup playoffs are a tournament. Yes, I've been calling them a tournament for years just because I'm tired of seeing Stanley Cup playoffs all the time. Um, <laughs> so from, from, that, from that scenario, I, I do think we will, we will find out perhaps a lot closer to August 1st or maybe even after August 1st what the league's plan is if a team is forced to drop out. I'm also one of those guys, uh, I'm of the belief that if, the, if, if everybody gets into the bubble, if the, if the teams in the East get to the two hotels in Toronto and the, the teams in the West get to the hotels in Edmonton, uh, I, I'm quite confident that the tournament will go through, I'm, uh, that, that the playoffs will continue. Uh, my concern is between now and August 1st. My concern is when guys are still living at home and then going to the rink and getting tested and you know b- interacting with their family and their neighbors at times and 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 closer to day to, more day to day life once they get inside the bubble uh, I, 
I think that uh, a lot of the difficult stuff with the with quarantining is uh, it, we're, we're we're finished with. John Shannon joining us on Inside Sports. NHL ratifying everything. Return to play, CBA extension. We're discussing that. The Oilers and Hawks will start August 1st. John, I, I'm just throwing some stuff at you just in case you've heard something. I realize we're, we're speculating a lot. Exhibition games, 28th to the 30th. I, I assume one per team. Any intel on how they're going to determine the opponents there? Uh, well, I, I, I know here, for instance, it's Montreal, Toronto. Um, okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Calgary Edmonton uh, between uh, in Alberta. That that to me that just makes the most sense to to try to create some you know or maintain the rivalry and create some interest locally. Um, but I, it, the original plan was to have two games, and now yes, they have gone back to just having a single game uh, before the uh, before uh, the the play-in round, the qualifying round starts. Okay. All right. Well, Calgary, Edmonton, nothing like easing into it, eh? <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, uh, listen, both teams have lots to prove. Uh, both teams, uh, uh, you know, one's got, uh, one's got issues about can they win in the playoffs, and the other one is can they, re- can they maintain all of the, uh, the excellence they had the, sec- the second half of the season, particularly the, the play of both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, we got Barry texting in. He says, Reed, I would like to ask John Shannon challenges for play-by-play guys if they have to call multiple games in a day, day after day. Does that, like perhaps a singer on tour, risk wearing down their vocal cords? So that's an interesting question. And it, you know, it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, and what I can tell you is that uh, most of the announcers that have been through, that are going to go through this, uh, in particular for uh, Canadian broadcasters, Chris Cuthbert and Jim Hewson. They have been through it uh, at Olympics when you literally uh, sit in your broadcast position for every game that is played in front of you and you do, you do play-by-play. What you need to make sure is your lineups are updated, you have uh, a little bit of statistical information and some background, and then you just call the play. Uh, I don't think it'll be – I think this one – this. This uh, tournament will actually be simpler than the Olympic tournament uh, from that perspective for both Cuthbert and Houston. Okay. Because right. I don't think they'll do as many games. Right. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Oilers Entertainment Group, you know, it had to start with them saying, why not us? We can host. We have the facilities. We have the low COVID numbers. Certainly the province and the, and the city got on board. A lot of people crediting uh, Dr. Hinshaw just for her composure and guidance yep. through this as well. From your, Because I always felt, John, that, that Rogers placed the Edmonton bid OEG. It was always certainly top five. I, I, like, did you get the sense it was always up there with the NHL, but they had to nose ahead? of some other cities at the finish line, as we saw, or how do you think it played out from an OEG perspective? Well, two things. First of all, if Rogers' place is not built, we're not talking about Edmonton as a hub. That's the most important thing to remember. If if the Oilers are still playing out of the Coliseum, and it's not a knock at the Coliseum, uh, but if if they were still at the Coliseum, then we would not be talking about the hub city of Edmonton, Alberta. I think there's a, a lot of uh, parts of this, moving parts. I think the Premier did a good job early on. I think Daryl Cates and Bob Nicholson, Tom Anselmi did their job early on. The Oilers were one of those teams I think were more aggressive than any other as soon as you started to hear the word hub. 
Uh, and, and I think Daryl was one of those guys that piped up early on with his people and said, well, why not us? And then it got then it got to got to Mayor Iveson, and then it got to uh, the you know uh, Dr. Hinshaw, the chief medical officer, who said, "Yeah, we we understand the challenges, and we're we're prepared to be flexible, and we're prepared to make it work." Uh, and and I, I think history has a lot to do with it, Reed. When you look back at the history of what Edmonton has done on so many different levels, University Ed, Pan, you know, Commonwealth Games. Uh, Edmonton has always been a big sporting event city, uh, and to me, this is no different. And and Edmontonians and the province of the city know how to roll out the red carpet, make people feel special. Now that said, if the spikes in 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 Nevada weren't the spikes, we wouldn't have been in Edmonton. They were adamant in going to Las Vegas until that last weekend, and when the spike just you know, jumped out of the uh, off the chart, uh, and COVID became uh, out of control in southwestern United States. Uh, then that gave Edmonton a chance, and obviously after Vancouver dropped out, right? Because we because so you're saying it was going to be Vegas, Vancouver, Vancouver dropped out. Then it was going to be Vegas, Toronto. That's the Correct. sequence, right? Well, yeah, because if you look and the best way to describe how the tournament works, and you can see it on the schedule is there's a game at noon, a game at four, and a game at eight in, mm-hmm. in both cities. And it's, uh, it's the NHL taking advantage of the, the, the time zones and the NHL taking advantage of, uh, of uh, uh, that space between games uh, to resurface and prepare the ice again. So from that perspective, uh, I think there was always really a desire to, to go to two places with time zone um, differences that, that would really help uh, the overall tournament and scheduling, because you know there was a, there was going to be a time when, you know, there was going to be a nine o'clock game in Vancouver, a nine a.m. game in Vancouver, and I'm not sure there would be many players happy about that. So you're saying, because Vegas and Vancouver are in the same division, so somebody's not playing at home. So you're saying Vancouver might have got the Eastern Conference. Yep. Interesting. Yep. 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 So at one point that was a possibility. You know, they're, they, they have been so fluid in the variations and the adaptations of hub cities. Um, I mean, you know, Chicago was in, in it until the last five teams. Um, so, so from that perspective, uh, the, the fact that uh, OEG was persistent, uh, they were comprehensive in their planning, uh, the cooperation with the city and the province, it, it made a huge difference for uh, uh, for the uh, the attitude the NHL had uh, uh, with Edmonton, because Edmonton always was there and always said yes when the NHL needed them to say yes. I was really surprised that Chicago was on the list that deep, John. And look, you've been there. I, I only have been there for the draft when um, when Yamamoto was selected, so 2017. Uh-huh. And the rink is not near any hotels that I can remember. Like, we had to take a bus, and it's, yep. it's surrounded by a huge parking lot. Yeah, and well, and it's, since then, Reed, they have uh, built a fourplex rink just down the street, uh, so there would have been great practice facilities there. Um, you know, at the same time, I mean, uh, you know, there will be, believe it or not, there will be bu- some buses being used in Edmonton to transport players if they don't want to walk. Uh, and there will obviously be buses used in Toronto because one of the hotels is about three and a half kilometers away from uh, Scotiabank Arena. 
Okay. Well, and if Edmonton uses the Terwilliger ice surfaces for the first couple of rounds too, that'll require some busing to, to for Southwest practice. Edmonton. For, for, for pra- yes, for practices, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Okay. Well, John, you know, thanks for coming on tonight. We uh, obviously were hoping we, we would have this to talk about, so I really appreciate your insight and uh, answering some of the questions from, about some of the speculation from listeners. We're going to be continuing to talk on this show and on our face-off shows as we get into actual games. Again, August 1st, Edmonton and Chicago. Really appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. Just make sure Robbie's all got his, got his uh, pencil sharpened and he's got his wit going. That's all I want to know. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll be good for sure. Okay. <laughs> that is John Shannon checking in tonight, our NHL insider, longtime broadcast executive, as we are, are getting ready to go. So we kind of outlined uh, how OEG stayed in the fight here for Edmonton to be uh, a, a hub city and some of the broadcast specifics, and we are... So late this afternoon, the NHL and the Players Association announcing the return to play, and there will be a competitive game. Game one of the qualifying round on August 1st at Rogers Place between the Oilers and the Blackhawks. The dates for that best of five, the 1st, 3rd, 5th, 7th, and 8th of August. The last two games, obviously, if necessary, expect an exhibition game. And you just heard John Shannon say maybe between Edmonton and Calgary, somewhere between July 28th and 30th now in terms of uh, actually hearing people speak about this the the league and the players association have a media availability scheduled for 11 o'clock edmonton time tomorrow and then uh, the edmonton oilers have a media availability that will include gary bettman jason kenny don iveson uh, bob nicholson and tim shipton from oeg uh, they're doing a Zoom media availability at noon tomorrow, so we'll have that audio for you throughout the day on our newscasts on 6:30 Chad and Global News Radio 880. So that is what is going on there. 780-496-0063 to uh, call and text. This texter says, uh, "Hey Reed, very excited to hear there are actual dates for hockey. I don't think any situation." can perfectly prevent COVID from hitting a player, but I think the bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto are pretty safe bets to get these tournaments off without a hitch. That is a text to 780-496-0063. Another texter writes in, says, Hey, Reed, I heard you discussing Oilers goaltending earlier on the show. I would think that Mike Smith will get the start in game one if he has a decent training camp. Dave Tippett has a history with Smith and he seemed to lean on him a little more during the regular season. Yeah. And, and again, I think that that's probably what Tippett would do if they had to play a game tomorrow with, without any prep time, but there will be training camp. There will be some competition. Players will have chances to prove themselves and, and maybe win some spots. And, and even in the Oilers lineup uh, as it is, you know, Nygaard, Athanasiu, Kara, Benson, even they could all be, fighting for spots in the lineup. So there will there will be storylines for sure going through this training camp to get into the qualifying round. We will take a quick timeout for the 7 o'clock news. We'll keep talking about the Hub City story, and we'll also bring aboard Golden Bears head coach Chris Morris about some tough news for some U Sports football players. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.